deal. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Miss T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, my friends. I'm about to begin the show designed with you in mind. This is Tanisha Baker hosting Talking with T, the show with the flow that keeps you in the know. Today is May 30th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, rapper Remy Ma, musician CeeLo Green, country singer Winona Judd, actor Ralph Carter, who I most remember for his role of Michael on the TV show Good Times. On this date in history, Vivian Malone became the first black graduate from the University of Alabama. Today on the national calendar is recognized as National Creativity Day, National Mint Julep Day, and Water a Flower Day. The weather for the rest of the week will be just hot, with temperatures reaching the high 80s by Saturday. Remember, you can enjoy free jazz concerts on the stage at Market Square every Tuesday in May, June, and September, Variety concerts, classical to blues, swing, Americana, soft rock, country, all of those are featured every third Thursday, May through September. Also, there is the open air farmer's market every Wednesday from 10 to 1 p.m. and Saturday from 9 to 1 p.m. in the months of May through November. It is a producer-only market. Everything needs to be made, grown, or raised within 150 miles of the market. The Rhinestone Fest will take place on June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at various locations in and around the Old City. The Rhinestone Fest is a family-friendly event. It's free to everybody. It is pretty much a Dolly Parton-themed festival. In fact, it used to be called the Dolly Fest. It is expanding this year to include all artists, musicians, do-gooders that Dolly has inspired through her rhinestone-studded career. For the past few weeks, many Americans have been concerned about the debt ceiling or the debt limit, which is the total amount of money that the federal government is authorized to borrow. We've been concerned about the impact of the United States going into default, and it would have meant cuts to several government programs and delayed pay for those working in the government, receiving Social Security, Medicaid, or other assistance. Well, late Saturday night, President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy struck a deal. I'll just hit some of the highlights. The deal would raise the debt limit on how much the government can borrow through the end of 2024. This gives Congress almost two years extension on having to deal with it again. This will come after the 2024 election. The agreement includes funding increases to improve medical care for military veterans. The agreement also impacts the SNAP program, by setting time limits for how long able-bodied adults 54 years old or younger without dependent children can receive food stamps if they don't meet work requirements. On the flip side, the deal would expand food benefits for the homeless and veterans. The deal also contains additional work requirements for recipients of the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program, but there will be no changes to Medicaid. Another concession to Republicans is rolling back the money approved in Biden's Inflation Reduction Act to the IRS that was designed to crack down on wealthy Americans and corporations that evade taxes. The tax gap, which is the difference between the amount of taxes owed 
and what is actually collected jumped to $584 billion in 2019. Over the next decade, it's estimated to hit $7 trillion. They'll also roll back unspent COVID-19 rescue monies. This rollback will take $400 million from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Public health advocates are concerned that taking those funds will hurt efforts to prepare for the next virus, of course we hope there isn't one, and take money away from persistently underfunded public health systems. As far as student loans, the most significant change would be that borrowers who have been granted pauses from their monthly payment will begin resuming those payments. Biden's plan was to restart the payments after the Supreme Court takes up his student loan forgiveness program. That's all I got on that because that's pretty much all I understand. I know the devil is in the details and I'm sure there are other pieces to the deal that contributed to the compromise. But for now, it seems like all is okay again when it comes to the debt ceiling. Talking with T would love to feature your organization or business. Become a sponsor or advertise on the show. Let us help you reach more people and promote your brand, service, or product. Don't touch that dial. I'll be back in a while. Thanks for tuning in to Talking with T. Business owners, church leaders, entrepreneurs, why not build your brand on Talking with T, your urban talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage. Call today, 865-409-1170 for more details or visit TalkingWithT.com.
Today's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. WJBE 99.7 FM and 1040 AM. Just the best every day. All right, let's turn our attention to trending news and hot topics. I am super excited today to bring back our co-host, our top investigator, most often instigator P.I. Pam, has come off strike and has decided to stay with the Talking With T team. (laughs) Pam. (laughs) I'm I'm happy that we were able to negotiate by contract (laughs) because... And, and y'all can still see that Jay is still not with us because he's still holding out. He's still holding out because, but see, I'm I'm a simple person, and once they said, "Okay, we'll add weekly chicken wings to it," I said, "Oh, I'm I'm back, I'm back." He, he, that's all it took. Yes, I. So he's bougie. He's waiting on some crab legs or let us wrap or something. I don't know, but hopefully by next week he'll be back too. That'll be great because next week we'll kick off our eight year anniversary. Eight. And so I was, I know, right? I was pausing while I saw, I was in shock as I was saying it. Like, is this really about to come out of my mouth that we've been doing this for eight years? Eight years. That's a, that's a long time in, in podcast land, especially not to have repeated a show. Never repeated a show. No, it's crazy. That that that's, that's, that just adds to the craziness, <laughs> right? Right. So back to our trending news and hot topics. I want to start with, you know, my heart was broken as the world mourned the loss of legendary rock star Tina Turner. Tina, I was crushed. And it's not that you think people are gonna live forever, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, ready either. And you know, people were saying. What is that going to say when she walks through the pearly gates? And I'm thinking, I can't stop. say. Stop. Well, oh, stop. <laughs> stop right there. I wasn't ready for this either. <laughs> it's been a minute, so I didn't brace myself. Well, Tina, well, she, she still looked good in her last days. I mean, t- them legs and... But listen, I read that Tina Turner started planning her funeral years ago after she had complications from... I think she had a procedure with her kidneys or whatever. And they said she was doing that with the intent to outdo Aretha Franklin. And, you know, it's always been rumored that Turner and Franklin were rivals. But, dang, they got to carry it through death. Yeah, well, she tried to outdo Aretha. She better start now so she can be done by, let's say, August. Because Aretha went on a whole (laughs) tour and changed clothes and shoes. Well, we shall see. So what is Patty going to do? You know, because they all be beefing. Who? Patty LaBelle. Her, her, her funeral is just, just going to be just a, a year, year-long event. Oh, is she a part of the rivalry? Yeah, she's a part of the rivalry. All of them. Patty, oh. Anita, poor Anita. All of them. Baker. Yeah, Anita Baker. I, she's on my list because how dare you tell Babyface he couldn't perform because you want the whole show. How dare you, Anita? <laughs> I'm going to move on <laughs> while we ain't here planning folks' funerals and such. The remake of The Little Mermaid opened Memorial Day weekend, bringing in $125 million, And that was at the time that I read uh, the box office numbers. I think it's higher than that now. 
the Disney classic Spirit Controversy because it starred Halle Bailey, an African-American actress. You know, those racist trolls did what they do, but they couldn't do her shine or her pockets because she is making a mint with this film. As a side note, and perhaps a little trivia, Halle insisted on maintaining her natural locks as a hairstyle. Cutting her hair was not an option, so in order to keep its length, make it blend for the film, redo it the number of times that it had to be done, it cost $150,000. Ooh, those stylists got paid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was explaining the process as I read through it, but $150,000. That's some, that's some big money. But yeah. it looks like, you know, it was worth it because they raking in the change. Yes, they are. And I have to give a shout-out to Eva Kyle. She put up a Facebook post that she just wished, you know, all little black girls could go see The Little Mermaid because it's been so long since one has been, like, the leading character in, in something animated. Mm-hmm. So she put a Facebook post up. People start saying, well, if you can, you know, come up with something, we'll send in something. When I say the community came through and they took a hundred kids to see the Little Mermaid. They filled up the theater and they even got popcorn and a drink with it. So shout out to her, shout out to the parents, and shout out to everybody that contributed to make that day special for, for them for them little girls because a lot probably wouldn't have, have got a chance to go see it. So it, it was just, just wonderful. And, of course, the trolls are on the news site, as usual. So we're going to ignore them because they, they cannot stop their shy. They was cheesing too hard. Oh, that's real special. I'm glad that they were able to do that. And I've talked before, but representation is important. That sense of belonging is strong. And in a world where sometimes as people of color, we struggle to belong in places. Representation is important. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm glad that she had the wherewithal of the vision to take those little girls. And was it some little boys too? Or I don't. I think it was just all. It, no, it was all little girls. Okay. Well, I'm glad that they got to see the movie and see themselves. Things have calmed down a bit after we were faced with a worldwide pandemic. COVID took many lives caused economic hardships. It really changed the way we live and view the world. Health and health disparities were all revealed, along with vaccination debates. And while I chose to be vaccinated to protect myself and those I love, I understand that there are others who are adamantly opposed to vaccines. This brings me to my next story. Former Trump advisor Michael Flynn is launching an online community for COVID-19 unvaccinated people where you can find blood donors, surrogates, and even unvaccinated singles. And a founded membership costs $2,500. Is this a a dating site? Well, it seems like it's all things for those who are not vaccinated. So whether you want to find a mate or get a blood donor or whatever you need and you want to Make sure you confine or limit yourself to others who are not vaccinated. Then evidently this is the place to do it. To the tune of $2,500, though. So I read a report about a woman only identified as Cassie. She went to pick up an order recently at, it's called the Aviation Inn in Duncansville, Pennsylvania. She said she was immediately disturbed when she walked in the restaurant and everybody stopped talking. Like it just went silent. 
So she picked up her order and found a receipt that described her as the N-word chick. And you know how sometimes when you place a to-go order, they will put a description or something so that people know who you are. Well, that's what they wrote on her receipt. So she called the restaurant to complain to a manager about her treatment. The owner, Alan Butterbaugh, and that's Bob, not Ball, told her that one of his employees had written the description as a joke that was not supposed to be shared with her. So she, of course, shared her story on social media. Her post spread quickly. And then, of course, now the aviation in is in the hot seat. And although the employee has been fired, the backlash continues. The owner says they continuously get bad reviews, phone calls, and threats. And, I, I mean, I think folks need to realize that it's sometimes hard to recover once the damage is done. You can say you're sorry and all that, but when the damage is done, it's hard to undo that. So I'm sure that his restaurant is suffering significantly because this employee decided to scribe Miss Cassie as the N-word chick. Right. And they should have uh, let Mr. Butterball go, too, because how did he even think that it was appropriate to defend his worker and say, oh, you wasn't supposed to see it. It was just a joke. No, you're a joke, Mr. Butterball. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope that another penny at that place. And I hope she saw this receipt before she ate her food because I definitely wouldn't have ate a, a pinch of that after that. You know, you don't know what people right. are going to do. You're right. An 11-year-old Mississippi boy who was shot by a police officer after he called 911 for help is recovering after being released from the hospital. According to his family, they want the officer to be fired and charged with the shooting. The little boy's name was Adarian. He was shot in the chest by an Indiana Police Department officer earlier this past Saturday morning while the officer was responding to a domestic disturbance call at the home. And actually, it was a little boy that called the police. The father of one of his siblings came to his home around 4 a.m. It scared him. Being aggressive with his mother, so he called 911. What he should have done. The police came with guns drawn and told everyone to come out. Darian came out to the hallway just as he was instructed, and bam, just like that, he was shot. Darian was given a chest tube and placed on a ventilator at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson. He had a collapsed lung, fractured ribs, and a lacerated liver because of the shooting. I cannot imagine the long-lasting emotional and mental trauma he will face outside of his own physical injuries. Yeah, that that makes no sense at all. And there's no way that he thought that Darian's little 11-year-old body was the man that they were initially, you know, coming for. But, I I mean, he didn't have time to. You tell everybody to come out. What do you expect? People to start coming out. So you can't shoot somebody when they start moving. Right. I'm not understanding that. I, I, I'm just so confused. I have so many questions because how's that even part of your training? But apparently there's some video that I'm sure they're reviewing first, but eventually we will know the truth of what happened. And I can't wait for that. So pray yeah. for Darian's full recovery because, like you said, the emotional and mental trauma is going to be awful. It might last with him the rest of his life. A man 
wounded three people when he opened fire in a parking lot of a Texas strip club early Sunday before being fatally shot by the club's armed security. He opened fire in the parking lot after being asked to leave following a fight inside the club. So this story isn't, you know, that unusual. But each week, it seems like we're facing stories that involve loss of life or injury due to gun violence. And so I keep sharing these stories because I don't want us to be desensitized to stories like this, right, and consider it normal. We should expect it. No. It's horrifying. It's horrible. Each time. Each time. And I don't know that. I don't have the answer, obviously. But somebody smarter than me, please figure out what we can do about this gun violence. Yeah, people say, you know, take away the guns. I don't think that's going to get it because they'll find something else. I personally think that people just need to come forth and tell who is doing these killings. Prosecute these people. Get them off the get them off the street. Every time someone gets murdered here, no one never wants to. Nobody never wants to tell their side or be a witness. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a, a never ending battle. It's it's the same routine. Someone gets killed. The posts go up, you know, um, T-shirts, candlelight, balloon release, funeral, uh, burial, repast, you know, another maybe a few days of, you know, RIPs or whatever, hashtag, and it's back to the same thing. It makes no sense. No, it makes me sad, and it makes me scared for the community as well. Um, we had, and I was just catching, you know, parts of the news, But I want to say for about a week, there was a shooting every day, and not just in East Knoxville, where people think violence is concentrated. It was all over the city. East, north, west, south. I mean, it was was everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. um, Everywhere. A place you wouldn't even believe that people would be doing that. You know, people are just crazy, and they just... And then I think there's easy access to guns. A lot of times, if you know the likelihood of you getting caught is high. That's what deters people from doing things. But I believe that people think they can get away with it. Because they have been. Well, since the team is almost back together again, I'm going to keep negotiations going with Jay for next week. But I did want to bring a story from the stupid criminal files. I've been trying to hold it down while you all were gone. But four teens, an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old in Colorado, were arrested for auto theft. The police called the guardian of the juveniles who came to pick them up. The guardian and two other ladies came into the station, and you're not going to believe this, they came in another stolen car. So you get called to the police station to pick up your kids because they stole a car, and you come in a stolen car. That's the nutshell version. Make that make sense. (laughs) I'm not even trying to laugh, but that's just so... Ignorant. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny because that, that whole family is clearly not the brightest crowns in the in the whole box. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're yeah. talking about stupid, let me share that Florida Governor DeSantis, and I've been talking about him for a couple of weeks with his ban on the uh, not going to go down that road today, but he has spent more than $13.5 million to date on this police recruitment bonus program he started in 2021 as an incentive to officers in other states frustrated by COVID-19 vaccination mandates. Maybe they in that group. 
Well, never mind. Let me let me not derail myself. Okay, try to stay on topic. So he started this program with the incentive, a bonus program. It was actually you get a one-time five thousand dollar bonus for new recruits, and he said it'll go a long way to ensure we can have the best and the brightest filling our law enforcement ranks. Here's the issue: among the almost six hundred officers who moved to Florida and received the bonus, so they were recruited there from state. A good number came with a range of complaints against them or actually had criminal charges. They included a former trainee deputy charged with murdering her husband, an officer who was fired for domestic battery and kidnapping, and a former member of the New York City Police Department who was hired by the Palm Beach Police, having once been accused of improper sexual propositions. Pam, I think I've asked you this before, and you helped explain to me, when you become a police officer, in order to do that, there's a background check, yes? Yes. A psychological evaluation. Yes. They check references and all of that. Yes, that's very thorough, very. So if that's the case, then I can only conclude one of two things. You know these things about these people, and you hire them anyway, or you aren't doing a thorough investigation and not finding out about these complaints or issues or charges that these officers have. It sounds like it's a, a little bit of both, a whole combination. So before we go, Pam, I want to celebrate the students from our alma mater, the class of 2023, Austin East Roadrunners, crossing the big stage tomorrow as they receive their high school diplomas. Congratulations to all those who graduated this season. May your futures be bright. I'm so proud of them. Yes, congratulations to the Austin's class of 2023. You are now a part of the best alumni in the <laughs> city. So congrats. Beat, beat. Beat, beat. All right, Pam, that's going to have to be it for this bit. And since y'all are off strike, I especially can't wait to hear what you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. Thank you for tuning in to Talking With T, your urban talk show. The show designed with you in mind. And we would love to connect with you right now on social media. All things Talking With T. And you can listen to the show 24-7, 365 on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Now on that note, T will end with a quote. Great leaders don't set out to be a leader. They set out to make a difference. It's never about the role, always about the goal. Remember where you heard the word. Keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.